pray with me now? Father God, thank you for this opportunity. I am here by your will, Father, and by your grace. May the words of my mouth and the meditation, meditations of my heart be pleasing to you, O Lord, my rock and redeemer. Amen. As I read the book for the sermon series this summer, Life Worth Living, I contemplated the question, how does a good life really feel? I struggled to answer the question, a good life feels good, right? I prayed and meditated and gave thanks to Pastor Nate for choosing such a book. The question in chapter four I came to was, how does a good life feel? It led me to Ecclesiastics chapter three, one through eight. My answer, life is good, but not always great. My life is good for the most part, I'm happy. I love my family. I hope my family loves me back. <laughs> I embrace my grandchildren and my children sometimes. And I'm thankful for aging well. And I'm thankful that I get to act in a profession that I love with my dear heart. I have also experienced changes that made life seem unbearable at times, overwhelming, and challenging. Like when I lost my mother, that was unbearable, or when my husband was in an accident with an 18-wheeler and I had to make the decision with the doctor to operate on his spine. It was very overwhelming. Um, and I recently had the challenge, and Pastor Emily can attest, of reading eight chapters a week and writing four papers as I went through the challenge of the history of Christian worship in seminary. <laughs> but I survived. <laughs> we need, we know what we, 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 we never know what might happen next in life. Life can feel, well, like a box of chocolates. Does anybody remember that movie, Forrest Gump? <laughs> it, was a, it was a good movie and showed the ebbs and flows of life. In the movie, Forrest Gump was not always dealt a good hand, but he sees life in a good light. And though he faces many challenges, he lives life fearlessly. Forrest Gump taught us about life. Life is about choices. We can choose to live seeing the positivity and embracing it as it comes. Or we can choose to only embrace the negativity. Forrest saw his glass half full instead of half empty. He loved even when people did not love him back and he gave with no expectation with ever receiving anything in return. We can all learn from Forrest Gump. I watched that movie again recently, recently, and it helped me during a time of choice. I encourage you to also watch again or watch if you've never seen it with these words in mind. When I was younger, my father would gift my mother with a box of C's chocolate or Whitman's on special occasions. Take a moment and recall, and recall your favorite box of chocolates. These candy gift boxes became my favorite, and I enjoyed tasting and seeking out good flavors. The boxes always had a list 
of what the candies were in the box on the bottom or inside the lid. So I would try to memorize everything on the bottom of the box and then try to go back and pick out the good ones. Or I would line the lid up just right so I could pick out the good chocolates. But most of the time, I winged it. <laughs> and I would try to pick something and chance pick something that with my eyes that would taste good in my mouth. If I ended up with a caramel filled chocolate, well, yay. But sometimes I would get a strawberry cream or coconut filled chocolate. And though I love both of those flavors, I do not care for them in the chocolate box. <laughs> Aside from the chart of listing, um, listing the flavors, we really never know what we're going to get. We kind of just have to take a bite. Sometimes we can get something really delicious. Sometimes we can get something that surprises us. And sometimes we get something we just don't like. Henceforth this statement, life is like a box of chocolates. The book of Ecclesiastes is a book of hope. But many scholars say it is abstract and difficult to read. The word alone, ecclesiastics, is a, is a word that means teacher or preacher, which means that as we read ecclesiastics, there's something that we need to learn there. I think that the book is written abstractly because life can be abstracted at times and fragmented. The author of today's scripture is believed to be Solomon or King Solomon, David's son, the third king of Israel. Solomon was known well for his wealth, his writings, and most importantly, his wisdom. The Bible tells us that out of all the things that Solomon could have asked God for, he asked for wisdom. Solomon asked God for wisdom so to govern the people and the children of Israel, to govern God's people. So his wisdom came directly from God and his wealth and ability to write the books of Song of Songs and Proverbs came along with the gift of wisdom. But Solomon too contemplated the questions regarding life as he wrote Ecclesiastes 3, 1 through 8. I'm sure Solomon also contemplated the question, how do we live life well under uncontrollable circumstances that are surely to come? He wanted us to understand that we live in a world of changes. In, in the text, Solomon points out 28 examples of change to consider. Some are purely acts of God, some are through on the will of man, depend on the will of man, but all are governed by God and determined by God. Solomon knew it was little we control, but in the text he explained trying to control life is pointless, but living life is worth every step. Change is inevitable. Passing time, we evolve, life evolves, and time changes. The only constant we really have is God. Our unchanging Father is the same yesterday, today, tomorrow, and forever in triumph. 
Every change is mastered and orchestrated by God. At times, we are prepared for change. Day gives way to night, and day comes again as we rest. Rain will fall, come and go. Flowers bloom, leaves fall from the trees. Coal settles in, and sometimes we see snow. Not so much now. <laughs> God blessed, blessed us with seasons so that we can embrace change, because in change, there is hope. Sometimes we are not prepared or ready for change, as in accidents, health changes, sometimes even death. All changes are not bad, the birth of children and grandchildren, or even in a job change. But within it all, God is the head of everything. That is hope. As followers of Christ, we are not exempt from trials and tribulations. The reality remains we will encounter changes, challenges, and yes, disappointments. John 16.33 reminds us that Jesus said, in this world you will have trouble. This is not a warning. It is a scripture, again, of hope. A reminder that Jesus gives us inner peace and that victory when we rely on him in times of difficulty, decisions, and challenges. Times that may even catapult us into anxiety and fear. We deal with a troubled world now more so than ever. Let's recall what is going on in the scripture, John 6, 16, 33. Jesus is risen after his crucifixion. He is visiting with his disciples before going on to glory. The disciples are maybe confused by Jesus' words, still in shock from seeing him again after seeing him laid in a tomb seeing him on the cross crucified, but they are happy to see their teacher again. They may be concerned and wonder, how long will he stay this time? And confused by the words Jesus is speaking, that they, he will have trouble. Why? When they saw trouble all the time as being followers of the true Messiah. Why is he asking them that? However, I can surely say this, that they were more likely overcome with abundant joy in the presence of the true Messiah. It is one of the greatest mysteries why God permits suffering, but the beauty of it all is Jesus and our faith in him and our hope and the assurance that we are never alone. Our, our, um, our faith in God guides us to recognize that we should praise and look to God in times of victories as well as uncertainties and unexpected flavors of our boxes of chocolate we call life. We must submit to him who cares for us and as careful as we choose chocolates from the box, we should trust in God who knows what is ahead for all of us. Recently, I received a box of chocolates from a friend who traveled to France. That's the best chocolate in the world. I just want you to know. <laughs> the box included little chocolate morsels covered in colorful wrappers. There was no guide, though, or menu indicating what the flavors were. 
All I knew is that each one contained chocolate. I had to just unwrap and take a bite. The first candy I selected was good and I, I looked, lucked out and it was really good. It was filled with chocolate. So it was chocolate on chocolate. <laughs> so I decided why not try another? Because of course we can never eat just one chocolate. The universal code for eating chocolate is to always eat two. I just want you guys to know that. As I began to chew my second choice, little bursts of bubbles and pops began to crackle in my mouth. And so I grabbed the tissue and hurried, you know, got rid of the mystery candy. <laughs> Not understanding the love I had for chocolate, but hating the texture, I decided, I decided to put away my little treasures for another day. We are not always given a do-over or given another opportunity to respond differently or choose more carefully, but we have hope that everything works towards the goodness of God who loves us. So we don't give up. We strive for the prize, and we live a good life worth living, a life that seeks him always and a life that loves as he commands. So today I encourage you to enjoy your box of chocolates or life as we call it, fearlessly taking a bite, a huge bite. Have trust in God and submit your cares to him because he loves you dearly. Know you are never alone and God is always with you in every season. And God has given you a community to live braverly. I don't know how to say that word. <laughs> Embrace change, good and bad, with trust in God and find strength in his presence. Share your chocolates with your neighbors. Love unconditionally as God has commanded, spreading kindness and compassion wherever you go. And most importantly, give thanks to God for the entire box. 